Hello and greetings. So glad that you've joined us. We're so glad that you uh, have uh, put some emphasis on spiritual things. My name is Ethan, and I work with the Venice Church of Christ. We're disciples making disciples in the west side of Los Angeles. And our subject for discussion today is extremely uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially in the United States of America. And that's the idea of accountability. We all like it when people are accountable to us. But we don't want to be accountable to anybody else. This is a major part of the American uh, ethos and mythos. The idea of the Lone Ranger. The guy who's just going to do it on his own and doesn't have to answer to anybody. And admittedly, when we think of accountability, a lot of times bad images come to mind. Uh, we might think of an overbearing boss or a parent. Uh, we might think of the government or the police demanding information. Uh, accountability doesn't generally be, seem to be something that we uh, think is very positive. It's not a pretty picture. Because of the very well-ingrained resistance to accountability, in American society, there almost isn't any on a societal level. We all think we're not accountable to anybody. We don't have to tell a king or the government or anyone what we're doing. And we go around thinking we can just do whatever we want and we're free to be as we wish. This is definitely a part of the idea of America. But is it biblical? Are we free to do as we please in this way? Do we have to answer to somebody? What does the Bible have to say about accountability? As we do that, we need to first understand what we mean when we say accountability. Accountability is somewhat simple. It's the expectation of having to make an account. We can see this illustrated in the parable of the dishonest manager in Luke 16. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And so this was the day that the manager probably feared, where the books had to be given, where there had to be a reckoning. Uh, that He was going to be called into account. How have you handled my money? How have you handled the, in, the incoming and outgoing? Uh, and so on and so forth. And the expectation is that the steward could properly account for or to tell exactly what happened with all of the materials that came in and all the money that came in and likewise the materials that came out, went out and the money that went out. And that's accountability in worldly or economic terms. In fact, there's still a lot of work of accounting uh, being done in terms of taxation and in terms of any business uh, worth its salt. So we get the idea of what accountability is, but what does it mean in spiritual terms, in terms of Christianity? Well, as accountability involves the idea of what comes in and what goes out, so spiritual accountability involves an account of what comes to us and what goes out from us. What have we said or done for good or ill? How have we used the resources God has given us for good or ill? That is accountability. So what does the Bible say when it comes to how or if we are accountable to anyone? Well, the Bible is very clear that indeed we are accountable. Hebrews 4 and verse 13. In Romans chapter 14, Paul declares as the principal part of this section of the book in verse 10, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account 
of himself to God. We see this also in Matthew 25, 19 and Luke 19, 15. In Matthew 12, 36 and 37, we're going to have to give an account for every word we speak. We're going to have to give an account for the things we've done, according to 1 Peter 4, verses 4 and 5. So we are going to be called into account. God is going to demand of us what we've done, and he's going to assess us on that basis. In Hebrews 13 and verse 17, the Hebrew author exhorts, Christians in a congregation to uh, willingly submit to the elders because the elders are uh, serving as those who are going to have to give an account to God. In congregations where there are elders, if they're going to have to give an account to God for the work that they do in shepherding that congregation, are not those being shepherded obligated to give them account of their conduct? How can the elders effectively give an account to God if they themselves do not know because no one is giving an account to them? And so there's accountability to God, there's accountability to elders, but is that where accountability ends? No, in Galatians chapter 6, we're told in the first three verses, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. And he continues on there. Also in James chapter 5 and verse 16. James 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. In both Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, there's the illustration that we are all part of the body of Christ. So we're, we're part of the same body. We are to confess our sins to one another and restore one another when we stumble. That certainly demands a level of accountability. And so, yes, we are accountable in Scripture to God and Christ, to the elders, and also to one another. Now, for a modern man, this idea of accountability is a very difficult pill to swallow. We recognize that. It's ingrained into our character that we are free and not answerable to anyone. But when we think about it in terms of what Jesus has said, that's a very worldly and ultimately sinful attitude because we are all accountable both to God and to one another. We are our brother's keeper, Genesis 4 and verse 9. And beyond that, there's actually a lot of value in accountability. A lot of people think that might be crazy. Uh, it's not something pleasant. We don't like having to give an account generally. So what can be the value in it? Well, for one thing, as we can see here in James 5 and, and, and Galatians 3, true accountability leads to decreased sin. Because how does sin operate? Sin is more often than not done behind closed doors, either within a man, in a moment in her mind, or concretely in the world. And in Ephesians 5, 11 through 14, we're told that sin thrives in darkness and secrecy. When it's exposed to light, it shrinks and withers. When we realize that we're going to have to account for everything that we've done, it makes it a lot harder to sin. And if we are following James 5.16 and we are confessing our sins to one another, we're going to have to own up to others what we're doing. It's a lot easier to avoid that temptation. After all, if we knew that our actions or thoughts were going to be aired out publicly, how quickly would we work to clean up those thoughts or actions? But even beyond just as a means of which to help us avoid sin, uh, true accountability also leads to increased connection. 
we have these images constantly, John 15 with the vine, 1 Corinthians 12 and the body. The idea that we're sustained by our relationship with God and Christ and that we're also connected with one another. Now, the more open and transparent those relationships that we have with God and with each other, the stronger and healthier those relationships can be. But the more closed and distant those relationships prove to be, the weaker they're going to be. and It'll be a lot easier to be broken off or to wither and die and to no longer function as part of the body. And accountability leads to spiritual growth. Yeah. Spiritual growth requires greater spiritual knowledge and practice, Hebrews 5.14, 2 Peter 3.18. But if we're not growing in our connection with God and each other, there cannot be substantive growth. Now, the more open and transparent we are, the more likely that others will feel the ability to be open and transparent with us, and we're going to be better able and more effective in our work to build each other up in love so that the body of Christ may grow, Ephesians 4.11-16 and other passages. And yes, that exposure causes us to think twice about sin, and that exposure will allow us to be real with each other and to be able to uh, be open with our challenges and trials and to allow us to endure them and therefore allow us to grow and to abide in Christ. The more connected we are in the body, the more we can grow. The less connected we are in the body, the easier it is to die. And that is why... This idea that James expresses in James 5.16, to confess your sins to one another, is rather important. Now, this does include, but it's not limited to, confession of sin in an assembly. It's unfortunately been too easy to just basically use James 5.16 as a demonstration justification of confession in the assembly. It certainly can include that, but it doesn't require it, and it's not limited to that. Uh, this confession can be done in the confines of a close spiritual friendship, in a marriage relationship with elders, and so on and so forth. The most important thing is that there is at least some kind of an accountability relationship that each Christian has. Yes, it may seem counterintuitive. Yes, it may go against your natural inclinations. But then again, how much of Christianity is a kind of a struggle against some of those natural inclinations? And admittedly, it's very difficult to do. Even the most spiritually mature among us don't like having their sins exposed. And we feel vulnerable when we confess our sins and our faults and our difficulty. We fear rejection, humiliation, dishonor, and shame. And all too often, unfortunately, that fear proves justified. Far too many times, uh, Christians have proven to be judges rather than fellow members of the body of Christ and have imposed all kinds of ungodly sanctions and, and, and impositions of, of consequences and shameful behavior upon those who have been willing to be open about their transgression and seeking to repent. They recognize that such people are often talked about behind their backs, and their role in the congregation is reduced, and perhaps in many situations a person's even ostracized as no longer being really holy like us, even though that's the person who's at least been willing to be open and honest with their struggles as opposed to everybody else who's just hiding the difficulties that they're going through. And so, you don't have to go too far to hear awful stories about how Christians have treated other Christians who have confessed sin. Now, having said all that, even though it is very difficult to open up and to trust, if we really want to grow spiritual, we need to do that. Because in the end, accountability is not an option. We are accountable to God no matter what, in Romans 14, 12. And it's noted that in James 5, 16, he doesn't say, therefore, it's a good idea to perhaps confession. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. It's a command. 
It's not a mere suggestion. We need to overcome our fears and to work toward greater accountability with our fellow members of the body of Christ. It's kind of interesting a lot of times in our societal discourse when we talk about um, the encroachment uh, of the state upon civil liberties. Uh, Rightly or wrongly, it's very easy to say, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. And we can argue, even if we aren't doing anything wrong, the government shouldn't be snooping. And that would be a different conversation for a different day, but that principle does hold. If we're living the way we should, there should not be a difficulty in giving an account. What causes us to resist accountability and transparency and openness? What hinders us from communicating things that we're going through? We need to be open and honest about that. We need to really consider within ourselves. uh, Perhaps there are some matters of discretion that do mean that it is wise to be careful about how we are open or transparent. But most of the time, what's hindering us from openness and transparency is fear, is concern about loss of standing, and, and other things that show perhaps we are being more esteemed than we really deserve, and that we're just building up for a, a terrible humiliation. There's a reason it is said that pride goes before the fall. So accountability is very unsavory. We don't like that idea. But it is an imperative in Christianity. We are accountable to God. We should be accountable when there are elders in a congregation. We are accountable to one another. And this accountability is not there just to cause everything to be awful in life. It's for our benefit. It should keep us from sin. It should lead to greater trust and connection. And it will lead to growth if practiced effectively. And that is why we do well to strive to be more accountable to one another, that we may grow spiritually. Again, we're so glad that you've joined us. Uh, perhaps you'd like to have, consider more. We recently had a conversation about Hebrews 12 in terms of uh, following Jesus and, and, and discipline and obtaining the kingdom. Uh, there's other discussions we've had that may prove beneficial along the same lines. Maybe you'd like to consider some articles. Maybe, maybe consider a Bible study. Or you'd like to learn more about us and find a way to meet with us. Uh, you can find out more about us at VenaceRichardChrist.org. We're also online on social media. And uh, if you'd like to contact me personally, you can uh, reach out at my page, uh, deverbalvitae.com. That's www.deverbovitae.com. We again thank you. Have a great day.